Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That is why on your favorite podcast platform reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. As my guest sitting across from me is smiling because I think he's heard me make fun of the network five episodes in a row today. And uh, yeah, it's it's real weird. And it continues to be weird as we near 150 episodes, I think. Oh, geez. Uh, it doesn't look like any sign of stopping that it'll be a weird name that I didn't intend. But maybe we'll get an ad after Valentine's Day, who knows? Uh, on to this week's uh, amazing guests. Uh, you know, a lot of people say friend of the pod, and that's just like a throwaway <laughs> label. Truly, friend of the pod, friend of mine, friend of the comedy scene here in Los Angeles, uh, and one of the more dedicated, if not the most dedicated, comedy fan that I currently know. Wow. Give it up for Kenneth Renicki, everybody. Thank you so much. That's yeah. so nice. You're very, very welcome. Um, I'm such a big fan of the Comedy Bureau, and uh, the Comedy Bureau has helped me find so many great comedy shows, so thank you. You're very, very welcome. Now, you you self-identify as a comedy fan. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Uh, someone who enjoys comedy? Right, I mean, right. I, 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 I guess, like, in the, in the grander scheme of things, mm-hmm. I think... Um, I guess maybe so, like uh, in in a. I guess the way that that it makes it bigger than just like oh I, I like comedy that I'm a comedy fan right. right I think that I think part of that is that um, I seek it out that I'm like trying to find it and it's like uh, if I have a uh-huh. night that I'm not doing anything like what am I gonna do well, I'd like to maybe try and go see some comedy so. sure well I mean you think I mean it's your perspective so mm-hmm. it doesn't seem that weird but there are people I mean I who you. We run into them all the time at shows who, like, ostensibly have been dragged to a comedy show. Because I understand it, that. it wasn't their first, second, third, or fourth, or fifth choice. Yeah. Sure. But they wanted to go hang out with their friend. Well, I mean, I, my initial introduction to L.A. comedy was was realizing that, there, that comedy is not funny. <laughs> um, was yeah. because I was brought to some bringer shows. Oh uh, boy! Up at the belly room, and I was like, "No, come see my show!" Like, great! I want to come support my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, went up there, had to pay whatever twenty dollar cover and buy two drinks. really shitty drinks. Oh yeah, uh, for another fifteen dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. And you have to pay for parking. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't remember paying for parking because I, I realized that that was even a worse idea. And so uh, I do remember biking there, okay. and that was that because I used to be biker like you. All right, uh, and uh, I'm not the same. Don't do the same sort of biking. But um, but yeah, the parking was awful. Uh-huh. The, uh, paying fifty dollars for a very shitty comedy show mm-hmm. uh, was like I don't ever want to do this again. And Kenneth, how many how many comedians do, were you subjected to watching at this Bringer show? Oh God, probably at least twenty. Yeah. 20 yeah over what three hours uh, if if not longer i don't know <laughs> like it was it was so right so bad right and th- and that's got that actually kept me away from the comedy <laughs> scene in la for a long time i mean i get that and that's yeah. i feel like a lot of people's experience yeah and so th- of course and then when someone's like oh you drug me into a comedy show it's like well yeah i know what you mean it's not it's not what you think it's right. not what you think right look stuff up on the comedy bureau you'll see it's good right right yeah I remember, this must have been like five years ago, but I was hanging out with Stories, Books and Cafe in Echo Park, the home of Good Heroin, one of the best weekly stand-up shows in L.A. And um, I was busy click-clacking on my laptop, and there were two people uh, ordering coffee or whatever, and I remember overhearing one of them say like, oh, so you mean there's like a comedy show here every Saturday? And I, lo- I love the response. It was quite simple, but it's, like, so matter-of-fact and, like, true to this point. The guy was like, oh, yeah, but, it like, it's good, though. <laughs> like, and one of the best. Like, that, yeah. that is, a, that is a, especially for a Saturday night yeah, yeah. in the back of a bookstore and the, the level of comedians that, that are there. Like, I've seen right. some 
great comedy there. Yeah, for those listening, if you haven't done your homework uh, or research, there are plenty of people who you would pay at least thirty-five, if not north of fifty dollars, to see at Largo. They could see a good heroin for free. Absolutely. You just got to go find parking in Echo Park. Which, honestly, that there it's not awful. It's not awful. Yeah, you could usually find a spot somewhere in that lot. And yeah, it's that, fr- lot, that lot helps a lot. Yeah, there's there's two lots behind the, these, like, two... <laughs> this is where you get the real tips. Yeah. Parking tips for comedy Parking shows. tips. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into too much of that. DM the Comedy Bureau, and if... I don't think you're an asshole and you're going to abuse parking tips, then I'll tell you. Yeah. you got to have parking tips, man. Yeah. Yellow loading zones. Look it up. Oh, don't tell them that one. That one. I said look it up. Okay. All right. All right. That one's, that's my, that's my, that's my jam. That's, that's, that's the real secret. You know, the real, real secret would be, <laughs> how should I phrase this? If you come into possession of a handicap placard and I won't comment on the legality of it do do not oh, I will add a caveat do if you are not a handicapped person it is a crime to take a space away designated for handicapped people to park at that is bad never do that however I have come to learn that in possession of a handicap placard one can park at a meter for free for an unlimited amount of time and can park in any restricted neighborhood for free for unlimited amount of time. Ooh, the unrestricted neighborhood, I did not know. Yes. So the only things you have to obey are uh, tow zones and loading zones. And uh, <coughs> and also, I know, yes, the loading zone for also passenger loading specifically. So, right. Yeah. The only thing more powerful when it comes to parking, and I mean, this is an integral part of comedy, people, uh, is the California exempt license plate. That cops and I guess some journalists have. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's also strange to me how many very expensive cars have handicap placards. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. How, how, so many handicapped people have very expensive cars. Yeah. What I'm picturing is some one percenter douchebag who has stepped on the throats of a bunch of people to be a multimillionaire. And in doing so, has worn away at his, at his or her health. Their soul? Yeah. Maybe? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and their, their, their soul is handicapped, actually. Now it actually, it actually makes sense now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they, either way, they cannot use those 700 horses that they fucking pay for. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the... If you're riding around in a Lamborghini and Ferrari in L.A., like, good luck getting above 50 miles an hour. Sure. You know, like you could do it for like ten seconds. It is, it is one of my favorite things, being on a bike and right. going down Sunset Boulevard and racing Lamborghinis <laughs> down Sunset Boulevard because you will beat them. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they 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 have to stop. Uh, yeah. They have to stop. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty pretty satisfying. So okay, you self-identify as a comedy fan. Uh, before I get into anything more sort of esoteric, like, what does comedy mean to you, if I even ask that? Sure. Hopefully not. What, what, what do you think qualifies as, like, a comedy fan? Like, how often do you see comedy? Like, what, how does it factor into your life, like, in your daily routine? I don't think it matters how many times you go, quite frankly. Sure. But what do you do specifically? The, 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 how many times do I go? Yeah. Oh, I definitely see something i would say at least three to four times a week cool at least right and what do you and how long have you done that um (coughs) i mean i've been really serious about trying to see more comedy basically since the comedy was like the thing that was outdoors Mm -hmm. and i was able to go see shows right so like um i remember when stamp town was up on the roof uh, at uh, oh, Grand, Grand Central, Central. Market. yeah, and then there was also um, rooftop comedy that was there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and also well, and then heroin, good heroin. Right. Um, so any outdoor show, I was looking and seeing like what you know with the restrictions that are, how can I be as safe as possible right. and still enjoy a show right. of some sort. Right. Um, and that's I, I got, I would say I got more of a serious car, uh, comedy uh-huh. fan basically in the past two years right wait so are you meaning to tell me that the pandemic is what made you sort of 
venture out into comedy again after having such a bad taste in your mouth? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I um, previous to the pandemic, I also um, I was doing some clown. So I, uh, I also self-identify as a clown. Cool. Um, but um, I was doing some clown with um, the clown school up in Eagle Rock. Um, and so I got to see some stuff. Uh, I saw the merge, and I saw some some clown adjacent stuff. Right. Uh, a dust. Uh, what it, What is dust? Show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would see some stuff like that. Right. Um, but I didn't know where the community was, or the cl- especially because, uh, unfortunately, like as great as the the clown school is for teaching people how to do like more traditional clown, there really isn't a place to do or a place to perform or a community that's beyond <coughs> what the actual show is right uh, or the, the classes are um so it took it took until post pandemic to sort of move back into comedy and watch more comedy and be more serious about it and say like oh i've seen these people around other places and now i want to know right more right and what is it about clown that uh, piques your interest over like stand up or sketch and you do yeah. watch stand up and you watch all, all of it because i run into you at shows all the time yeah. Uh, wait, so, the, the, what's the difference? What, what no, like what? What's no, the draw what to clown? What is your particular draw to clown? So much so that you're mulling slash dipping your toe into being a performer. Yeah. So, clown. Uh, so I'm also actually I'm a marriage and family therapist. Ooh. Yeah. A big a big uh, reveal there. Oh wow. Do you want to shout? Your Do you want to do a plug right here? <laughs> no, I'm okay. That's okay. Are you full on your client list? No more uh, comedy. No, no, no more I, comedians. I, the problem is, I wonder if a comedian would want to see me because I'm at so many goddamn shows. What would it be like to see your therapist at your show? You know. You know what they would ask. Like, are you got you got like tags? You got notes? <laughs> well, and I, I would, and I honestly, I'd probably be like, well, what what do you think about this tag? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, oh, so but back. To, so, the, the with clown, I actually see the way in which clown and therapy are have a lot of the same goals. So, clown, I, uh, I unpack that. I know, I know. <laughs> um. So, with with therapy. I see it as, for my own like viewpoint of what therapy is to me and my orientation towards therapy, is like I'm trying to help people to become more of themselves and uh. to be more vulnerable and to re- be more of who they really are. Mm-hmm. I see that as also the best clowns are also doing that, where they are being more vulnerable, uh, more uh, open to who they are. And, 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 and the great thing about clown is that you get this instant feedback from the audience, and the audience will smell from a mile away if you are not being authentic and right. real. Right. Um, and so you're getting this instant feedback of are you are you who you say you are and right. who we think you are. Right. And if we don't, you, we're not going to laugh. Right. And you're going to feel like you're dying, literally and figuratively, up there, like an ego death. Right. And so it's <coughs> similar with therapy, where you're coming in and revealing these secrets and being vulnerable and 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 trying to get this validation from another human being who happens to be a therapist and trained to validate you and tell right. you like mm-hmm. uh, you know this doesn't sound right to me or this does right know? right so um so i found it so personally helpful mm-hmm. and in my career helpful to right. do clown to right. watch clown right to, um and i was like just i love this right so that's yeah. that's that's how i got into clown and continue to sort of move towards it and right yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. At, at the risk of sounding like Z-Way, so why do you think all other comedians are a bunch of big, fat liars? Oh, uh, <laughs> besides clowns? Yeah. Oh, I, well, I disagree with that, first I, of all. I'm kidding. No, I'm, I know that, but but, I, but, but taking, <laughs> let me take it seriously. Right? Okay, cool. So, like, I, I mean, that is actually the thing that I, those are the comedians that I seek out, and I mm-hmm. love the most, right. are the ones who are the most vulnerable, who are the most open, mm-hmm. who are revealing something about themselves and, right. and finding ways to to open up to the audience and reveal something right. to the audience. Can you be more specific about that? Because I feel like the terms vulnerable sure. and honest get thrown around so much that it's muddled and it doesn't really mean a whole a lot to like lay people. So there's the, there's like an emotional dump thing that can happen that's not funny and it's right. just an emotional dump and right. you know mm-hmm. uh, that's you know you have to do that 
I, I assume, I don't know, I don't have experience in stand-up, but I assume there are times where you're just going up and trying to, like, figure that out, and some of that can be... So, some comedy classes, they'll do a thing, what they call clearing, which is yeah. just which just that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I can imagine that being part of the process. Right. Um, but there is, uh, when there's just enough space where you're still revealing who you are and some sort of pain or difficulty that you're having and and the audience validates it it's just beautiful it's wonderful right. Right. like how wonderful it is to hear like hey um this is really hard for me is this hard for you and the way that that's validated is by a laugh how great is that right and what i wonder is like especially when it comes to clown is the dance of like trying to keep that dynamic organic like it, it yeah. is the goal but like I feel like sometimes there's a risk of like you doing it so much it becomes inorganic. Well, and, and you but you know <coughs> for the audience as soon as it's inorganic, the audience will tell you because right. they won't laugh at it. Right. They know they smell it. Wait, and what's amazing about that? And I wonder about your your take on this. Like the audience can smell it even if they can't articulate it. Exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. Often they can't articulate. It. They yeah. they aren't articulating. They it's because it's not a, it's it's a emotional response. It's right. not a mental response. It's right. not like oh they're faking that. It's not. Right. It's not that. That's not what's happening in the audience's right. head. It's just like well something about that doesn't feel right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So, what are some stand-ups or sketch perform improvise like? that you think also wheel and deal in authenticity the way that you like? Um, I mean, uh, immediately one of the people that came to mind, just because I was like listening to old episodes, I was thinking of uh, Chloe Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh, I saw her uh, do a set uh, in, in the past, whatever, six months-ish, mm -hmm. uh, who did some of that, and I was just really impressed and loved right. it. Right, because um, she was going through a breakup. Uh, that m might have been happening. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> she says it in her set. It's not anything we're like, you know, um, dirty, airing out dirty laundry sure, or anything. Uh, um, and um, uh, Christina uh, Catherine Martinez, For I sure. love. Um, oh, yeah. I think that sh it's funny because I think she bounces actually so beautifully between being authentic and also being intellectual. Sure. Like, um, and so um, she sort of bounces back and forth, and obviously she is also does some conning and so uh, I really enjoy that right um, uh, she is part I think a, a lot of the comedy of Catherine uh, Christina Catherine Martinez comes to this inner conflict between being a professional intellectual yeah and then rebelling as a total idiot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's so fun because she's clearly incredibly intelligent um, right. and also incredibly funny mm -hmm. and also a total goofball. Yeah. Um, and so having all of those things be revealed in a set is right. just so fun. Right. I mean, so I, I guess, I mean, really, it's anybody who, who reveals themselves completely. I don't, I don't know. I guess mm -hmm. I don't, I, I'm blanking on more specifics it's okay. at the it's moment. A, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in your uh, venturing out exploration of the LA comedy scene, what is what do what do you? And this is a very broad question. We, we can tackle it however you want. But what what do you think is the lay of the land? Like how are oh. things now from the your your perspective as a comedy fan? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're thinking about going to shows or what you like to see or what you would tell people about, like, what is your idea of the the big three clubs versus like the Elysian versus UCB versus Groundlings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say that I don't have a great sense of what the lay of land is completely sure. because I think I've sort of found my niche of what I like. Right. and where I like to stay. Sure. And so, um, like, the Elysian, I feel like, has been a godsend. Um, I think, like, the opening of the Elysian has created such a great community and great hub for comedy. Right. Um, I feel like that's a that's been the best place to sort of start from sure. and then sort of expand out from that hub. Um, right. Um, but I think it's, it's been really fun during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> I've never thought I'd say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, during the pandemic, um, uh -huh. how comedy shows have tried to be creative and how can we still do comedy and so I, I, I unfortunately I think we're going to miss some of like the rooftop shows and the backyard shows I think some of those are sure. going to go away unfortunately but um, I mean um, I think that stuff is, is still seems to be doing well and, and people still seem to be doing those type of things um, and 
uh, it seems good to me. I don't know. Right. I, but I don't think I have the best perspective. Right. Also, I'm I'm out there seeing the things that I like. Right. Well, I, I don't think that I mean, that is 1000 percent valid, of course. But also, like, I, th- I think that's just in contrast. I like I think I'm a singular character in that I will go to the store. I'll go to the improv or things where like because a lot of people and understandably so there's so much alert you find your people you find all these shows that you like why would you leave yeah and that's the thing is like so i kind of i I avoid the big three um, right and and like i I like i don't again like why would i pay right 25 dollars plus yeah two two drink cover two two drink cover right come see somebody that i saw right somewhere yeah where i didn't have to pay a cover yeah and i got to support the, the local store, like the local... Right, but that's because you're a comedy fan. You know, yeah, if you're a comedian true. at the store, you can loiter around like a dirtbag, <laughs> and you can watch shit for free. That's true. That is true. You hang out in the back, you don't get an ideal seat, but you won't, uh, you know, have crowd work done to you, and uh, you get to hang out at the store and stare at a bunch of famous names on the wall. Yeah, but, I mean, and, and you also, I mean, there is a community there. I, just, I don't know it. But there is a community there. There, so. there is a community there. I, it, it's, it's just fascinating to me, and I ask that question because I, the, a lot of people feel that way about all these different places. Mm-hmm. Like UCB used to be that. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's weird. Er. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're figuring out a new paradigm yeah. in returning. But, like, yeah, people think used to think of UCB that way. There are people who think of the, the comedy store that way. There are other people who think the improv that way. Um or even certain mics are very yeah, uh, foundational for, sure. for a lot of people, and they think of it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and it all comes down to, like, the communal aspect of, of it, as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's primarily a fan, how what, – what does, like, community and comedy mean to you? Because th- there is, like, community between comedians in a very objective sense of, like – putting on shows, helping each other out, helping each other writing, uh, you know, if you got a wig. Sure. You yeah. Know. No, speaking of which, if anybody has a wig uh, that they want to allow me to use for a license, driver's license photo, I am looking for one. Whoa. Uh, please let me know. Is that legal? Uh, to wear a wig? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's some people who have to wear wigs. Okay. Um, uh, and some people who choose to wear wigs, and, and that's part of their choice. Right. So, uh, yes, le- <laughs> we, wigs are legal, and uh, for some for some people, it's religiously uh, re- required. Right. So, yes, is the short answer. Cool. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so, oh, so commu- what community means to me in the comedy community, I think part of it, uh, I think I have, uh, because I, I stick closer to the clown community, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more, uh, um, I, I know the performers, I see them, I, I see their shows, uh, I can say hi, I can say, hey, I, you know, I have an idea or a note or, uh, you know, you want to hear it and there's right. a way in which there starts to be a dialogue and there starts to be like hey oh I saw you at that thing and there starts to be like a recognition right and even like the I, there's a guy that I just met like who happened oh it's the guy um, his name's Oscar and um, he posted about uh, Nate a one man show the same time I did because I was like oh my god I can't believe it's coming back I want to see it live right. um, and uh, now we, we've now seen each other this week three times Right. At different shows, and so uh, shout out to Oscar if he's listening. Right, um, and and so like being able to meet somebody like right. that that, right. that you know has the same mm-hmm. um, comic sensibilities. Right, and then to start seeing them and have a dialogue and 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 have this, and, that, and that's how we met. Like yeah, yeah, met through going to comedy shows and like yeah. running into each other over and over again and right. being like, hey, what's up? Right, what are you seeing? And how are you doing? How funny how that mirrors comedians. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it, that's the thing. If you go to enough. If you're just a fan and you go right. to enough shows, right. it's the same as being a comedian right. in terms of the community. Yeah. It, but you, I mean, you have to go a lot. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, it, going as much as you do, which is, I think, like, in, definitely in the upper percentiles of, like, people who go to comedy, um, how – are you at a point where shows and or performers and or hosts are, like, recognizing you slash – Some of them, yeah. Including you in bits – um, not so much include. I think you volunteer a lot. Well, I, I I try. I it depends on the on the show. Like if sure. I don't know the show, I don't mind volunteering. Mm-hmm. If I know the show, I don't want to. I don't want to volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want like because I know too much. It's much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always better. It's always better to be at a show uh, mm. and not right 
and have someone who doesn't know what what the thing is. Right. So if you know too much, I I personally think that volunteering is is a distraction from the show and doesn't make the show better. Right. And I the only reason why I I, I like to to volunteer is because I think I have something that I may be able to offer in, right. in terms of being a good participant. Oh wow! If only all audience members were <laughs> like that. Instead of you know what I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure you've seen this. Some audience members aren't performers, <laughs> but man, are they goddamn hams! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and well, they, it makes for it just makes for a, ba- uh, a worse show. That's all. Yeah, or depending on who it is, they can handle it really well. That, no, there, there are some people, where it's, but it's, it just changes the dynamic of the yeah. show. It feels yeah. like I mean, it, it, even the, I think there's a lot of people who don't who don't know, and they're like, oh, that must have been a plan, right? Right. Um, I mean, sometimes that happens with somebody who's totally green and is amazing, and you're like, that, that was so good. Mm-hmm. They must have been a plan. It's like, right. no, 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 that definitely wasn't a right. plan. Right. Um, so I think it just sort of depends. Right. I don't want to be so uh, <laughs> instructional as to, like, these are do's and don'ts, but what, what constitutes, in your mind, uh, a good audience member at a comedy show? Um, <coughs> generally, a good audience member is someone who is – excited to be there mm-hmm. and is open to uh, enjoying the performance mm-hmm. um, uh, and I also think there's actually a little bit where you're also not trying to overly help the comedian okay I actually think that is that I actually find that to be a bad audience member because I think the comedy then the comedian doesn't learn in the yeah. same way about like what is what, what's, what's working what's not working I, I, I mean honestly I see all comedy as sort of being workshopped right sure, it's, always, sure. it's always being workshopped always, yeah. especially comedians that I've seen a lot over right. and over right. like seeing the way in which jokes shape over time and, and become different over time is one of the joys of being a comedy fan absolutely is that you get to see like here was the joke six months ago right. and here is it now right. and it's so much better now and it's shaped in a different way and it's so much funnier Right. Like that's that's one of my favorite things actually about seeing comedy over and over again, and, and and one of the great things of realizing what a good joke is too, because you may even laugh the first time you hear a joke, mm-hmm. but the third time you hear it, you may not laugh because it, it is funny as a premise. Right. But then the third time you hear it, it's like, well, I actually think that that it's not actually the same. Right. And, and I think that actually goes back to the relationship of, of if the comedian is emotionally connected to the to the joke as opposed to just being a joke. Right. Then it's going to be funny. The first time you tell it and the 50th time you tell it. Right. And that's where, so at at my juncture of watching comedy, what I like to see is like light bulb moments Mm -hmm. where there, it's like the time, whatever bit or joke this is, they've figured it out Mm -hmm. because it will never be as exciting Mm -hmm. as that time. Yeah. It'll be good because they figured it out. But there's like an urgency and joy, mm-hmm. and I it's it's hard to catch, but you know, it's great. Yeah, and that's that's <coughs> I think that's what brings someone coming back to comedy. Mm-hmm. And, or, or when you, when you go as much, I guess, as we do, basically, right? Uh, um, that that that's the joy that keeps you coming back is because you can hear the same joke, right? And still enjoy it. Right. Because you're waiting for that that you know that, that drug fix of, right. of that moment. Right. Uh, I asked you about what constitutes a good audience member, hoping you would have like a take on uh, heckling slash <laughs> oh, yeah. audience participation God, that went not went unprompted. I will say I, I'm I'm so impressed with Ellie audiences as a general rule. Sure. Because or at least the shows that I attend. Right. There's very rarely like. A, a really awful heckler. Right. I don't. I don't. To be fair, I don't think clowning really leaves leaves room for that. Uh, no. But but even but even stand up. Like I'm thinking stand up. Like right. like I mean, again, I'm not going to places that are right. the big three, which I think you're more likely to get a heckler. Actually, that's not even where you would normally get a heckler. It's 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 generally where where it happens is at a bar that does not have a separate room for the show. Yeah. And so you're ambushing people that are there to drink. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's generally where you get most hecklers because they're like, I didn't fucking ask for this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I, I mean, there has been, I remember, God, there was a Peacock show uh-huh. where there was somebody whose friend came to the show and uh, I think it was, I think it was Matt O'Brien uh-huh. uh, was heckling Matt O'Brien for no reason whatsoever. Right. right. Uh, I felt so bad for him. Uh, uh, just, I mean, he handled it fine. Right. Because uh, he's... Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it was just like the weirdest heckler, and it was like somebody's friend, and oh, 
it was that one. That one was a bad one. Right. But generally, like, it's pretty rare that, that somebody heckles, and of course, don't heckle. Like, it's like that's it's just like this, I feel like it, it's so unspoken. Like, it's such an unspoken rule because it's. You course, would think. You would think. You would think. You would think. And true. then, and yet, people still do it. It's a dumb. That's just. It's just. That is really dumb. It's it just, is really dumb. Now, what do you say? I I and I've seen this before, and that therein lies like a gray area. The show's going bad. <laughs> everyone's like bombing and perhaps somebody goes up after everyone's bombing uh-huh. and then is like unnecessarily like edgelordy sure and somebody in the audience makes a comment and it gets a big laugh so what's the validity of that uh, I mean the validity of it well whatever the audience laughed right so i mean the audience laughed but it's like okay does that mean it's okay in that instance and then like what delineates that instance i don't know it does i don't i don't know if it still makes it okay yeah i don't think so either i think i think that what it does is it's it's just relieving (coughs) the tension from the audience right having a bad experience Mm -hmm. and and everyone else in the audience like oh yeah me too Mm -hmm. um so uh I don't even. I don't even see. It doesn't necessarily even mean that it's funny. It's just a relief. Sure. So I'm not even sure even if the laugh is right, correct, right, or correct. Yeah, right and correct or whatever. Right. Because it's just somebody who's like, "This is awful. Mm-hmm. How do we get ourselves out of this?" Right. I there is a rare instance which I feel like is in between all of this. Joe Mandy, this was a long, long ago at the Virgil. He was working out material about cafe gratitude in in how it upset him because like I mean, you know it's actually almost a hackneyed observation about how weird the uh, all plant based cafe cafe gratitude is and on top of like I don't think you actually have to do this anymore but it used to be the case where to order your food at cafe gratitude all the items and dishes are like things that are like uh, affirmations like I yeah. I am grateful I gra- am I am grateful I am strong I'm healthy yeah yeah and like you can't say I, I'll take one healthy you have to go to a human being and look at, at their face at the register and say I am grateful and I am healthy and so Joe was like doing a bit like, oh, I want to open a restaurant that's basically the antithesis of that. <laughs> and it's like, you know, a, fuck, a bunch of fucking like calorie bustering, like ar- artery clogging sure. nonsense. And you have to order it in like a similar but opposite fashion. Like, I'm a piece of shit. Sure. And like, I forgot what he even <laughs> called the name of the restaurant, but that was the thing. It's like during when I saw this, he was like trying to work out a funny name for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And three people in the front, right up front, we're talking amongst themselves because they were pondering this quandary. Sure. But, of course, if you sit up front, we can hear you. Yeah. And see you. You are part of the show. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't, if you thought leaning forward and whispering to your friend would, like, obscure the sa- sight and sound of you, it doesn't. So, he was like, what are you doing? I can hear you. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, oh, we're, like, thinking of, um, well... In and Auschwitz. Oh God! And he, and it's so bad and so good. Yeah, yeah. And oh, Joe God. was like, "Oh my, you know, like this. What you were doing is bad, but like that actually is good. Yeah, that is good. Oh, fuck. So like, thank you, but also like, don't do that." Um. Yeah, that's that. that yeah. I think like instance like it, it's always an exception that proves the rule. Yeah, that is that is that is a good one. Yeah. It is. But, uh, yeah, I'd still, it, like, those are such rare instances. Just don't talk I also think, Yeah, there's also certain people who, who are able to, to – I mean, Joanne Manny's a great example of somebody right. who's able to, like, take somebody's response and be able to, to work it in and be able to continue right. their set. Right. But I don't – there are definitely people where I've seen where it's like that isn't the case. Right. You know, and it's like you're not making anybody's night better. Um <laughs> I don't even think yours, the person who's 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 right. making the comment. I don't think your night's gonna be better, right? Because no. of your comment. And then there are people who like that they that is their act is their act is predicated on that. Yeah, well, and you know if, if your act is predicated on it, then then great. Yeah, 
You ever watch Andy Peters? You know Andy, right? Uh, I'm so bad with names. I not by not it doesn't pop in my head when you say Andy Peters, but I'm sure right. I've seen him. So he wears a baseball cap, but he takes oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how you know Kenneth is a comedy fan. I just said baseball <laughs> cap, and he's like, I know exactly who yeah, you're. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm I'm like the home screen for every build a character in a video game. Mm-hmm. Just like a basic white guy. Would you like to add anything, anything at all? <laughs> I have seen that joke. It's a very good joke. Yeah, but he'll usually work in. Like, even though that is sort of a written-out bit, he'll work in things that happened during the show, or, like, last time I saw him, he had to follow Jay Shingle, who is uh, a through-and-through absurdist. Mm-hmm. And, like, he worked in his sort of frustration with having to follow someone who put two pieces of ham on a door with jam as a nose and called it door jam. Great joke. Yeah. Great and he's like, what the fuck was that? I gotta follow that? <laughs> it is funny to me. That, well, this is an interesting right. thing about, with clown and, 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 and stand-up. There is, like, this little bit of tension there. Sure. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I, I get them. There's definitely comedy shows where it's, like, no clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and shows that are more open to, like, you know, we're open to, to something right. that's open to it. Right. Um, so I can imagine being a comedian at, at certain shows and being like, I, n- I have no tolerance for any of this mm-hmm. clown-adjacent right. comedy. You know, I mean, yes. But I, I always find this sort of ironic thing about stand-up in comparison to clown. So, like, stand-up, if you... Good <laughs> intake. Uh, thank you. If you really think about it, you you are given a microphone, mm-hmm. um, a mic stand, mm-hmm. probably a stool or some chair, and some time, <laughs> and it is yours to do with it as you will. Now, a lot of people choose to follow some prefabricated uh, types of comedy that have come before them because that's the easiest thing to do however you could just do whatever the fuck you want well not everyone believes that though that's I, the I, problem I, I believe i believe that too right. I, I i mean um i i, I especially uh, like i mean i think stamp town's a great example mm-hmm. of like you can do anything in that time mm-hmm. um and and it, that is just such a wild fun show right uh piggy time uh you know is another one that that mm-hmm. sort of takes all genre all genres quote yeah quote genres of comedy yeah um, and like throws them in a blender, and those are my favorite shows. Right, I try to the whenever I put on a show as the comedy girl, I try to do that, which is what I, I really appreciate. I took my dad to uh, to the anniversary the, the show. Anniversary show. Oh, awesome! Which was such a pleasure. Uh-huh. So first of all, in a backyard, lovely. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, got to see just some of the best comedy in LA, and right. it was such a great mix of people. It was so wonderful, and right. and you know my dad's not a comedy fan. Oh yeah, my, my dad doesn't know. Right. Like, uh, like I've I've told him about Natalie Palomini's because right. I'm such a super fan of hers, right. um, and uh, and he got to to see her do her uh, her uh, mother Mary, uh, no the what the Virgin the Virgin the, the virgin. virgin bit yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, amazing yeah. and uh, definitely uh, something to bring all of your parents to. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes I wonder <laughs> seeing that bit, like, are there, like, pro-lifers that would see that and think it's, like, yeah. In, like, support. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's why I think Natalie's so great is I think that she tries to to, to subvert everything. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I don't want to go too much into that bit, but essentially I like summarizing it as uh, – performance art clown comedians sort of guttural response yeah to roe v way getting overturned yeah yeah i think that's a, that's a good that's a pretty good summary I would say. <laughs> yeah without giving anything away yeah yeah um and did your dad know anybody on that show no nobody i mean ian carmel is like on tv almost every night but no but wow. didn't, didn't didn't know no my dad is definitely not yeah. a comedy fan does like he, he have a favorite comedian? Like I don't know, like Richard Robin Pryor. Williams. Oh, yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, 
<laughs> Did he have a good time? He had a great time. Awesome. He loved it. He was he was so happy to be able to see it and like right. you know I, you know I tell him like all the stuff that I go see and right. you know he's uh, like that sounds fun. Here's here's one that's that's fucking great. Um, mm. Can't wait uh, for you to see this awesome show. So. Right. I'm glad that worked out, man. My dad is a big set of walking contradictions. Uh-huh. He voted for Trump twice, but he's a huge Eddie Izzard fan. I don't. I actually don't find that a contradiction, personally. Okay. I mean, I, I like. How so? Uh, I mean, I think that you can I, I, just because you vote. I mean, for Trump, people have not, layers. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but like, I think on paper. It kind of doesn't make that's sense. That's the problem on paper, right? Like, I right. Think that's I think that's the thing. But here's the thing. So my, I took him to see Eddie playing yeah, Largo, yeah. and uh, after the show, and my dad was clearly having a good time. Mm-hmm. But after the show, he's like, "That was great." But did Eddie have to? Did he have to make fun of George Bush like that? <laughs> or you, I think I, you know what? I just think I think that ain't right. Sure. I, and I'm like. It's art, Dad. You can just sure. you can take it early, but I I it's so intriguing. So like you were willing to go on the rest of the journey with Eddie, except for George Bush and, and God. And God. Yeah, like Eddie made fun of God. Okay, okay. And he's like, I don't think that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which which flavor of God is not okay? <laughs> I don't know. All of them, maybe. I don't know. Right. Knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so some comedy news. Comedy news. Yep. <laughs> uh, Critics' Choice Awards were this past weekend, and you know you can go look up all the winners. But what I find interesting is I thought this might be the case leading into award season. Everything, everywhere, all at once was an amazing genre-bending movie that is very comedy-forward, and it seems to be the uh, leading favorite and it won the best picture at Critics, the Critics' Choice Awards and I, it, for those who don't keep up on these things comedy seem sort of as like second class citizens when it comes to awards I mean at the Golden Globes even after all of what they went through there there's a category that's still called comedy and or musical which totally belong together so the, yeah they completely belong together right and that's why The Martian won Best Comedy one year. Which is a hilarious film. Yep. You know, really. Yeah, because it's so funny that Matt Damon had to use his own shit to grow potatoes. Fart jokes are always funny. <laughs> I don't think they even put a fart joke in with that. <laughs> he, just, he just said that, and like we're, we're just left in the audience to ponder that. And isn't that funny? It's so funny. So... What do you think about Everything Everywhere All at Once not only getting its due, but a comedy leading the way in the award season? I, I love the film. Uh, I think it's, it's unfortunate that we sort of uh, have segmented all of this to be like, what is comedy, what is drama, and all that. And right. it's wonderful. It's one, it's one amazing film, unbelievable right. that uh, it has done what it has, and right. it's great. Yeah, it's almost the antithesis of Oscar bait. Yeah, I guess it is. It is the antithesis of it, really. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, it, you know, it's about a, a, I mean, an immigrant uh, mother, but I think that's where the Oscar bait part stops. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. hot dog fingers and, and two rocks talking to each other. I mean, <laughs> With googly eyes. Yeah, how beautiful. And then uh, office trophies that are butt plugs. Yeah, and then we have the uh, the the um, crazy like fighting and Matrix stuff and right. amazing. So, I mean, it's it's perhaps too early to say, but like, could this potentially lead to a different viewing of comedy? Or a comedy that's like when it goes into future award seasons and what that might mean 
for a genre that is, you know, not well regarded in comparison to, you know, a bunch of uh, dramas that are fueled by trauma of marginalized peoples. <laughs> I'm hopefully who knows you know I mean uh, I mean we were, like the top six grossing films of this year I believe were all sequels so yeah unfortunately if that's the case like that doesn't give me a whole lot of hope um, but the fact that uh, we have uh, hopefully some uh, some some maybe maybe people will be like oh maybe maybe we want awards rather than money uh, maybe they'll, they'll still make some great films what is that? Top Gun, Wakanda Forever. Uh, oh God, what else? Was it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't an Ant Man movie. Chan Chi. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm guessing a lot of them are Marvel. Oh, Marvel. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there maybe. Uh, yeah, because I think also four of them were Disney. Right. Yeah, I think four of them were Disney. Oh boy. Yeah. It can't be Turning Red because Turning Red came out on Disney Plus. Uh. I mean, we could easily look this we could, up. We could look this up. We could look this you up. You could look it up, listener. You look it up. You, yeah, you, you do it. You're on. You're on a thing. Listening yeah. to this, go, go look, look it, up. it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like you know, previous to this, if you were gonna be a comedy that was gonna be taken seriously uh, with critics and awards, um, it had to be like a Wes Anderson comedy sure. or uh, something like. Uh, from Armando Iannucci sure. or uh, it would have to be like a dramedy sure. it couldn't just be like any any whiff of it being farcical yeah yeah well and and to some degree I would say that that uh, everything everywhere all at once is also not farcical sure it's not but I it said whiff, it has whiffs of sure, it sure, yeah sure that no it more than whiffs yeah I mean, dildo, dildos are used as weapons. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So, I would like to think that, hopefully going forward, that there's more opportunity for movies that are nothing like Green Book to win awards. Also, people should know that Peter Farrelly is one of the Farrelly brothers who did direct There's Something About Mary, and now that guy has a Best Picture Oscar. That's a wonderful, wonderful turn of events. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, okay. Also, uh, ABC uh, picked up a pilot about uh, it's called Public Defenders, which is going to be, I guess, like a workplace comedy um, covering the sort of day-to-day life of public defenders that I think are dealing with a lot of people that are, like, amassing college debt. And, uh, you know, for various reasons, uh, how predatory uh, a lot of college ones are. But what's interesting about that is it comes in contrast with NBC rebooting Night Court, a sitcom from the 90s, with one of the original stars, John Larroquette, and having this, like, you know, cheesy, hokey multicam in 2023. Uh, So both being legal profession-based comedies. And I'm just... It just... For me, it just feels like more throwing stuff against the wall by networks. Isn't that what they're always doing? I mean... I mean, that... I mean, for... Really, that's what we're all doing. We're all, it's throwing, all we're all throwing stuff against the wall. Yeah, but it's like it's the high, it's like extremely high stakes gambling for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if only we had millions to 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 bet on comedy. Right. We would we would put it all on black or red. No, you put it all on red. You put it all on red. Well, whatever color Ghost on CBS is, apparently that's the highest rated comedy these days. There you go. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? I feel like nobody in our circles of comedy talks about ghosts. <laughs> I mean, they talk about ghosts because, you know, their name is Ross Hernandez and they have a podcast about seeing ghosts. However, the CBS series Ghosts hits that, like, sweet middle of the road, like, pretty family-friendly, you know. Intri- you know, it is well-written and well-performed, 
But I don't go out of my way to see it because it's like you have to be on Paramount Plus, you know. But I think some of the highest rated – I just find it interesting. There almost seems to be a correlation between it's one of the highest rated shows and there isn't like deep dives into it at all. Same with like Yellowstone. Like people will be picking apart the bear for years to come. But the bear didn't pull the numbers that Yellowstone does. Nothing pulls the numbers that Yellowstone does. Yeah. Yellowstone. Have you watched it? I actually watched a little bit of Yellowstone. Um, I don't know where I am. I, I ended up losing the track of where I was in the seasons and haven't returned to it. Was it not that good? It, it's, uh, I think it's, bas- it's kind of, it's not bad. Right. Uh, I don't think it's, it's, you know, I don't think it's, it's definitely not my favorite thing on TV. So wait, why are people watching it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah that yeah. What what is it? Is it like? I wonder if there's just TV programming that is specifically made to be intriguing enough, but it not so engrossing that you can't do other things. I don't think the writers are are are. They're not thinking like that, but yeah. I'm the, the execs are. I think are thinking like that. I don't. I look. I don't have any insight whatsoever. But I sure, don't think that's. I don't think that's what they're doing. I do think that's the basis for most reality TV. Th- oh, that's fair. That is true. Yeah, it's such well, empty calories. Like, why? Yeah. Why would you ever have to pay attention to this? That's true. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll go watch an episode of Yellowstone in 1923. Or isn't there a third one? Uh, there's, there's, there's like eight. I mean, uh, they're not literally eight, but like. There's Helen Mirren's in one. Yeah, I think there's there's I know there's at least three, and I think there might be five. Right. I literally, and literally, I do mean there might be five. I'm I'm almost like I'm. What I might do is not go and watch an episode of Yellowstone and just wait until some comedian talks about Yellowstone on stage. Uh, that's probably the best way to get that information. Quite yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Um, and how it, it's for like center right people. Like silent majority people, or whatever it is. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that's for. Um. Okay. Uh, I think that's all I want to cover for news for now. Um, and back to back to you. I. <laughs> we, in comedy, it does seem. Like, we talk about mental health a lot. Sure. However, I think the reality of it is, even though we talk about it a lot, it's still not enough. And, you know, coming from your background, mm-hmm. um, you know, how does mental health play into comedy as someone who is a consumer of it versus and, and a performer? Yeah. And, like, what is the sort of greater overall trajectory of mental health you'd hope for yeah so as a consumer of it i think it's just wonderful because it's a nice relief and a nice way to to enjoy an evening and you know get a little levity and maybe get some confirmation of that you know hey maybe everything in my life um that i'm dealing with other people are dealing with too um so as a consumer i think it's great um uh as um watching some performers it's just like oh man you're so struggling and uh please please uh <laughs> uh i know that you're saying in your comedy bit that you're that you're going to therapy hopefully uh that is true um what are what are like top three red flags you see top three in in comedians yeah in comedians where you're like oh you need help you need to talk to somebody Oh man, I don't know what a red. It's just a feeling. You see, like you can just see it. Like there's a joke there that's that's too that's too deep or something, and you're like, oh, that one that one feels real. Uh, I mean, laugh at it. Like I'm not the thing. There's some jokes where I hear like I hear the audience. The audience is laughing and they're getting a laugh, but there's something about the joke that cuts deep enough into the bone where it is not funny to me, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, my therapist has called me out for this, but I don't. We've had conversation, but I what I, a riff like I've noticed is if someone is attempt, attempting to be vulnerable on stage and they're laughing through a lot of it, 
uh, that might be like, are you okay? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, me personally, I wouldn't call that a red flag. I, because, because I, I'm thinking of specific instances, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only reason why I don't think that's specifically a red flag, I think that that is a defense mechanism and comedy is a defense mechanism to, to, to help to, to distance yourself from it. And so it might be just a way that you're distancing yourself from that pain and that's okay too. Yeah, that is okay. I, I, I think there's just like, there's a, a point at which we're like, it becomes noticeable. Like, Oh, you're laughing like a lot. I, I know what you're talking about yeah. and that type and that happen happening. It is just like, Oh, like, but again, I think that's the thing where it's, it feels, there's something about it that feels deep. Like where it's like, Oh, there's something, there's something more there that you're not touching on. And it's, un, it just feels like, Oh, please. Right. Or sometimes that, that'll manifest in like somebody oh, like being open and vulnerable and they're kind of going down this path and you know obviously it's not like a worked out bit or whatever so it starts trailing off and then and then they're like oh i don't know i don't know yeah I, again i think i think it's like you know again people working out like working out whatever they're working on right. on stage and seeing that i don't again it's not a red flag it's just something that needs to be worked on cool like, there's something that's happening there yeah and hopefully you're going to figure it out whether right. it's in therapy or in on stage or with your friends uh-huh. or you know whatever yeah, well, also with that in mind, what so so much is made of the quote-unquote the work in therapy. What constitutes the work? Because I feel like it's so fluid. Uh, un- unfortunately, it is fluid. I think that it just means being... I, I think the work is just being honest with what it is that you're dealing with. Right. Working it out. Yeah, working it out. Like, I mean, but being honest. Being honest with, with what is happening for you internally and and how to how to do that so i mean it could be that you're journaling it could be that you're you know um reaching out to friends it could that could that can all be the work it could be doing comedy right it could be going to a comedy show could be the work right do you have any advice for comedians there that find themselves trauma dumping on stage no i actually don't like i think I actually think that that maybe it's part of the process. You know? I mean, it, it is. Yeah, and so like, I mean, you won't get laughs for doing it usually, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's that I I I don't have I don't think I have the same pro, like problem or issue. It's not like it, to me. I I, I don't. Well, have, I mean, this is interesting, and why I'm having you on because yeah. for a lot of like hard to the uh, nose to the grindstone comedians that are very purists, they're like just jokes just the work like don't don't like leave that shit at home yeah i, I mean I, I again like i think my favorite com- comedy comes from people who are being the most themselves on stage and that doesn't necessarily mean trauma dump yeah um but like so what is going to be able what what's going to help you to most be yourself on stage is whatever that is that i'm i'm here for it i want to see it mm-hmm. right yeah i mean I think you and me are kindred spirits, and I you would probably love seeing this. And I don't think it's almost nearly for anybody. The, this show hasn't existed in years and years and years. But uh, there was a show called Breaker Broken, and it was about it was a storytelling show specifically about breakups. Oh. I went, and there was one performer on the lineup who broke up with her boyfriend twenty minutes before the show. Fuck, she came in tears in just covered in tears I don't think she was wearing makeup because makeup would have been running and she got there and the host was like oh my god you don't need to go up are you okay yeah. and she's like no I want to go up and she I mean no one gave her the light because why would you but uh, she went on for probably 15 minutes and it was just like brutal and seeing like it doesn't get any more raw than that. Sure. But it, I'll tell you, it was totally enthralling and grossing. And like, yes, it felt like you felt pain in your stomach and sure. it was very cathartic. But like, my God, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I, I went through a breakup uh, during the pandemic and uh, I, I got called up on stage and there was nothing more uh, wonderful than having a a room full of people, uh, or that wasn't a room, it was a rooftop, a rooftop full of people being like, oh, uh, when they heard that I had recently gone through a breakup, you know, it was like, oh, right, I forgot. 
you know. But well, I think I might have been there. Oh, really? I think I might have been there. Yeah. Oh no way! Uh, was it was it Stamptown? Was it? It it was definitely rooftop. I'm not uh, sure it was Stamptown. Oh, it was it was Grand Central Market? Though, it was right? definitely yeah. Oh, you were at that show. I think I might have been at that show. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. 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 Because I remember seeing a show like something like that. I think at Grand Central Market, and being like, man, I could have talked about my breakup. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, it was actually it was it was so wonderful to have a group of a whole group of people uh, feeling their sympathy for me in that moment. Right. You know, sweet man. Yeah. How long did that feeling, that good feeling, last? Oh, well, I mean, it's funny because it wasn't until I actually didn't feel it in the moment. In the in the moment, it was shame and awful, and and so the, the feeling wasn't good until afterwards. And I looked back on it and was like, "Oh, wait a second! Everybody was there with me, and they want me to 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 be a happy human being, like because humanity is wonderful." That's great. <laughs> wow. I think you've watched enough comedy to know that almost no comedian thinks that for more than an hour. (laughs) That is fair. No, unfortunately, yeah. All right. One last question. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Great to be here. Thanks Uh, so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, At the risk of sounding cheesy and being too broad, what would you like to see out of the art form of comedy going forward in 2023? more people doing more work I mean that's it really like I mean and I mean that in the broad sense like mm-hmm. um, of bringing great stuff and bringing themselves out and bringing it to audiences and bringing who they are to the audiences and hopefully that we get to see who these wonderful people are who are on stage so you're going to go to more open mics to see authenticity I don't know if uh, open mics are the best place to see authenticity, quite frankly. Oh, you'll see authenticity. It's just not the authenticity you want. I don't know if that's true. I, I've gone to way more open mics than you. No, that is fair. That is fair. That is fair. That is fair. Um, but the open mics that I have been to, there, there's people who are performing authenticity. Right. There's a lot more people who are performing authenticity. Right. Case in point, an open mic I went to recently had a Christian TikToker, which I found out later. It was so weird. I felt like we were being infiltrated. Sure. Because, like, this, you know, seemingly chill girl goes on stage and then just, like, essentially her whole time is spent, like, guys, isn't the Bible crazy? Mm -hmm. And, like, recounts a a sort of D-level story in the Bible and, and, and didn't say it in a way where, like, man, the Bible is, like, out of its mind. It was just, like... How, how fun and weird. Uh-huh. And that was her whole set. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> that felt so, like, crafted in an artificial way. But then, like, I... A lot of... Sometimes when I get up at mics, I like to center the room and, like, connect with, like, what has been happening, mm-hmm. what's in the air. And you really have to listen for that. So... um that's where I feel like you can have authenticity is reading the room, listening, sort of digesting. And like, as much as they're like selfish, uh, insecure comedians, they are still human beings, which you can, can connect with. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, but definitely you're not going to get authenticity if you are on stage and you're looking up at the ceiling to avoid the eyes of everybody that's looking at you and you're reading your jokes off your notebook like it's a menu item. That is true. That's, it's hard to be authentic in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things working against you there. Yeah. Uh, so more authenticity. I, I, I'm, I'm on board for that. Yeah. Um, where can people find you online? Is there anything you'd like to promote, including therapy? Uh, I, uh, you can find me online, just my name, Kenneth Rudnicki, uh, if you're looking to find me that way. Um, uh, in terms of promoting, actually, I'd love to promote uh, uh, a show that, that people may not know about. Um, Karen Hall is doing uh, Delusions and Gr- of Grandeur, or and Grandeur? Delusions and Grandeur, um, which uh, 
is a great clown show. I saw an early version of it. Unfortunately, I can't go uh, on the 20th. I'm super bummed about it. Where is it at? Uh, in North Hollywood. Hold on. Let me look it up real quick. Oh, at a, a venue that's not normally. No. Uh, at Theater 68. Theater 68 in North Hollywood on is the that, 27th. Is that on what Jimmy Pardo would call the shim? I have no idea. At <laughs> Theater uh, 68. Okay, fine. Um, but yeah, Karen Hall is a, a performer, performed with a bunch of clowns. She also performs with ensemble. Um, she, she plays like, she does like musical accompaniment, right? No, actually she does a lot of different things. Uh, she, but she is a professional cellist, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, she's just a great performer, a great person in the community. And uh, she's doing a great solo show and check that out. Great. I didn't even know about that. Thank yes, you. Yes, breaking news. <laughs> County uh, news. Exactly. I might isolate that. <laughs> uh, I'm Jake Kroger. I create the Comedy Bureau. You can, you can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau across socials. You can find me on Instagram and not the supermarket, on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. So many great causes to support this time, so please support those. Uh, but if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it running. And uh, do you have anything to say as we sign off here? Oh, I also want to say I just appreciate the Comedy Bureau so much. And I love that the Comedy Bureau has some sort of political thing in front of uh, when what other shows are happening in New York and L.A. So thank you so much for, um, for providing the service that you have to the comedy community of L.A. and New York. Uh, thank you, man. And that means a whole lot. And I always wonder in my head, like, when it comes to those little notes before everything, should I keep doing this? Is anybody? But I've only heard positive comments. So I feel very, because I think about those a lot. And uh, I think it's important. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And now I'm trying to think of, oh, yeah, today I was, uh, as of the day of this recording, uh, I noted that Oxfam did a, Oxfam International did a, uh, a study and came out that the top 1% now owns 63% of the world's wealth. Just to, uh, if you wanted to feel extra poor. Um, yeah, and then uh, on my personal Instagram stories, I added Bus Driver's Eat Rich song, which is great. To, yeah, anyhow. Um, live comedy, as you've heard, is very much happening. Please go see and support it. Uh, and as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube